Hey, one quick thing before we get started. I just want to remind you that this podcast is for information, education, and entertainment. It is not a substitute for therapy or therapeutic intervention. If you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or contact a crisis hotline. to have the conversation with my guest today. They are a songwriter, performer, teacher, student, and <laughs> spiritual friend. I have with me today, Ellis Delaney. Hi, Ellis. Oh, hello, LaShonda. <laughs> How are you? Oh my gosh, I am so good. I'm excited to be here with you. How are you doing today? I, I'm doing well. I'm really excited to have this conversation. So I'm going to start with you like I do all my guests and ask, what is your labor of love? Oh gosh, I love that question. And absolutely, I love your 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 podcast. So I've heard other folks uh, answering, <laughs> um, but I, I I really feel called to what I do. You know, it's I'm a songwriter and performer, and um, really, it, it, it my my whole focus is you know to write songs and perform them in a way that people feel like those songs belong to them, and they can carry those those messages or those melodies or the feeling that they get when they listen um, with them wherever they go. And, um, and I really try and write songs that I need to hear, you know, that can inspire more presence, you know, more connection to something greater. And just to remember that we're not alone, you know, that we're having this human experience all together. And it's, it's, you know, isolating sometimes, but we're never really all by ourselves. I yeah. love that. Already so many things. Uh, <laughs> so one, um, there is a theme that has been emerging in my life. It's not a new concept, but the frequency and intensity that it keeps showing up for me is, is startling. And that's this idea of creating for yourself, trusting that others are going to resonate and benefit. So when you said, I write songs that I need to hear. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I had the amazing privilege of um, being very up close and personal with Nikki Giovanni Mm. um, as she visited Cincinnati here. And I went to hear her speak. And that was probably one of the biggest takeaways that I had from the, 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 the conversation with her, which was, I write for me. And it's like, wow. And so it has, it's been the seed that I've planted and there's been so much rain and water and fertilizer to create for me, knowing and trusting that this human experience is going to make that relevant to other people. And so I really appreciate you saying that. The other thing that stood out to me as you answered that question was in a culture rooted in possession, this is mine. 
for you to say, I create so that the listener can feel like it belongs to them. Feels like a stark contrast to the exploitive capitalism and supremacist ideals that we've been socialized around. And it was actually rather um, refreshing. Can you say more? It's a practice. (laughs) (laughs) It's a practice. I mean, it's a practice. It's, it's really, that is it. My songwriting and performing is directly connected to my spiritual practice, which is meditation. I'm a Vipassana based seeing things as they are practitioner. And, and really it's, it's about, you know, looking into the heart and seeing what's there and being willing to see the things that are there that are beautiful and the things that are there that aren't beautiful and, and, and learning how to hold all of it in, in a way that is, um, caring, you know, and I, yeah, and real. And, and, and I think, you know, um, gosh, I really want to believe that all of us, you know, even the one, you know, I, I, I want to believe that every person has in them, the, 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 you know, the roots of humanity are to tend and befriend, you know, that this idea that the roots down deep are loving, you know, are connecting, are wanting the greater good for not only ourselves, but each other, because we know we're connected. We're part of the same body. Right. And, and, oh man, it's so, we're so off the mark in a way as a collective humanity, you know, we're, 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 we're still learning (laughs) and we're messing up a lot, but I really want for myself to, um, you know, wrestle with the conditioning and find my way back to the truth of the roots and the truth of, you know, this, this human experience. We're all flying in space on a, you know, a spaceship earth ball, you know, it's just, it's really, it's crazy pants. And, and, you know, I really want to be here for it. I don't want to get lost in all the stuff that, that, that doesn't matter, but I really, I do want to, to, to connect, you know, to the, to the thing that we're all a part of. Yeah. A presence and connection. Yeah. I found that the more I learn, the more I realize it's the unlearning that I have to do. And as we unlearn, like the way we collectively exist and embedded in that existence is um, brutalizing Mother Earth and brutalizing one another and all those things, that's learned. It's the unlearning. I, I do agree that embedded in our humanity, in our animalistic humanity, is the capacity and ability to care for life, to care for one another. And we have learned through generations and epigenetically uh, the trauma and all those things have passed down. So I, I resonate with that so very much. When you create, mm-hmm. when you're doing your songwriting, can you walk us through a little bit about what inspiration looks like for Ellis and mm-hmm. how that inspiration turns into music? 
Sure. Well, I mean, let's just start with this song that I think your listeners will really appreciate because it's it's got a lot of what you do in this podcast in it. Um, and you won't be surprised that I wrote it with my my wife, Terry, uh, you know, but I was trying to write the song by myself and it was based on this, this prompt I was given, um, first aid kit. And I was going to write a song based on first aid kit. And I had all these cool things happening, LaShonda on my guitar. I was like, you know, I was trying to be cool. I was, you know, and I was into it and it was clever and, 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 and totally defended, you know, totally like, you know, I was wrestling this song to the ground. I was going to make this song, you know, polish it with some shine that was like not real, but, but, you know, and had sound effects and all the things. And Terry came in and she was like, you know, all that sounds, I don't really, what are you saying? Like what, what's really happening in there? And I was like, Oh, nothing is happening in here. It's just, I'm trying to be fancy. I'm trying to show off. I'm trying to be something, you know, and, 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 and it, it totally broke my heart to see how much I was defending. And, and so then there was a moment where like, I kind of crossed over and, and I got kind of mad at her, you know, of course that the defensive, you know, Rrr. and then, and then my heart just kind of like broke. And I, and I realized like, Oh, ouch. Oh. And I started crying. And of course that's always the direction, right. Is to, to, to give into the love that the care, the, um, gosh, the, the, the letting go, Mm. of being in control. Right. And, and I was holding on so tight. I was going to know this song. I was going to make this song. And really the whole process of writing is letting go and opening up to what's here and being willing to be of service, right. To whatever is needed in this moment from, from, you know, from this heart, maybe through something else that's coming through, you know, and, and that needs to be shared and, and that I'm available for to, you know, so it's, it's, it's not about me all the time, but at the same time, it, it is connected to me. And so anyway, Terry was really <laughs> wise. I think she was even the one that came up with like, well, you know, aren't you, aren't you needing a song like that? First aid for, you know, first aid for the heart, you know, <laughs> I think maybe she's always so good at coming up with the brilliant stuff. Well, as you play before you sing, I just want to let the listeners know that, um, so if you're a follower, then the name Terry Delaney might seem familiar. So Terry was a recent guest, right? So you don't even have to scroll far to listen to the amazing episode that uh, she and I had, which was episode 103. So um, I just wanted to put perspective to that, that um, I'm connected to so many dope people. <laughs> and so uh, Terry is amazing. And I am honored and grateful that my listeners and I get to listen to your, your beautiful music. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> oh. Did you know that your tears are welcome here? There's a space for whatever you're feeling. I'll sit by your side as long as you need me. I've got time to be with your grieving. Don't let those voices tell you you're not enough. 
don't believe that you are the problem everyone goes through struggles in life everyone needs someone to listen where do you go when there's nowhere to go what do you reach for when troubles rise when hurts can't be bandaged and you're falling apart that's when you need first aid for the heart did you know that your fears are welcome here there's no need to run from them or hide out i'll sit by your side and and take a closer look with you all that fear is protection from another time resonance like a salve just like yes and then when you started I was like oh my god and we get that perfectly imperfect humanity that comes when we're like I'm so into it I don't even I wrote it I don't remember and that's okay so I love how resonant that is and I literally, um, I try my best to be as authentic as possible, just period, not no longer recognizing, um, striving for perfection as even a possibility of how to live my life. And so thank you for being perfectly imperfect and how like we have the capacity to like edit stuff, but we don't (laughs) because why? right? So thank you. So, okay. So very moved and you know, like, so not a live audience, but (laughs) out to live instrumentation on the podcast and the beautiful playing your beautiful voice. Where is music, your passion and love for it rooted for you? Is there a, a Genesis story of how you became so intimately involved and related to music? Yeah, sure. I mean, I grew up in, in Texas. I grew up in a small town in Texas. Um, and I was really different, you know? I mean, I, I, I needed 
I well, and 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 it, it actually started even before then because, you know, I mean, we all have our stuff. We all have our our beautiful families that have things in them that may be challenging and maybe, you know, I had some challenges in my family. And so there were, um, I get placed in front of the TV a lot and there were often, you know, shows on at the time that had like, you know, musical guests and, you know, and I, and I, so I would watch and one in particular that I'm horrified by now. And I, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, talk about like unlearning and, and reconditioning, but, um, unconditioning but hee-haw <laughs> but the thing is those folks they felt like they were like like my uncle or my aunt or like you know and it's like Loretta Lynn and Dolly Parton and 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 you know um just all of those folks um I actually thought they were gonna come over <laughs> when I was when I was a little one, I was like so confused why they weren't gonna come over because they felt like they were part of the family and 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 really I never lost that idea when I'm listening to music. I feel like especially the country music I grew up listening to, you know, it's um uh I feel like that really that everyday kind of person that that country music shoots to write for um you know uh you know granted i mean you know we do live in a primarily you know there is like a structural you know everyday person not everyone all the time but you know um but you know i i really did feel like i had friends that that were and people that i had just hadn't met yet that were part of my my family and um because things were so difficult at home i needed that you know i needed to look out and see i have elders i have people i just haven't found them yet and um and and one of those people that really um mattered to me that was in my family was my grand my grandma my granny um as i i really call her and uh she is somebody who um made all the difference for me growing up, but she was really into country music. And so I feel like I get a little closer to her also, you know, listen, Willie Nelson and, you know, all of those people, but, um, it's really different up here in Minnesota. I feel like when I moved up to Minnesota, I lost, I lost a little bit of that, but I got, you know, I got away from the small town, which was really good for, for me. Gotcha. I, want to like highlight something that you said um when we talk about resilience research has been done and there's five resilience factors that have been found to um across the board be prevalent for those who overcome their adversities and don't go on to recreate them and one of those resilience factors is external supports and external supports or anything outside of ourselves through which we draw resource. So one, there's music. For you, music is an external support. I also, though, want to highlight that as a child, you utilized external support by recognizing those on the television as family as a connection to you, as support for you, though they never probably made it to your house for the family dinner, <laughs> um, 
and no, yeah, yeah we weren't that connected no got, you know <laughs> uh, their schedules were a little busy so they couldn't come to maybe birthday parties or graduations imagination is an external support and I I want to say that because there are some of us who um, have felt so connected to people outside of us and maybe they are people through distance maybe they're celebrities or entertainers or people we didn't know personally or writers or writers my goodness and all of that right and there comes a point I feel in a lot of our lives where some potentially well-meaning adult wanted to dispel all (laughs) myth of you don't know or get your head out of the clouds or come back to reality. And I want to just encourage us to, especially those of us who are listening, who are adults, take a moment, take a few deep breaths when you have time and just remember, who did I feel connected to? Doesn't matter if they were real or imaginary, imagined, if they were in your family or whether they were through distance, through a book you read, a character or um, a person on a show, you know, my, my husband often shares that um, he was raised by two male figures, Michael Jordan mm-hmm. and Heathcliff Huxtable, which in parentheses, <laughs> we always say it's different than Bill Cosby, especially with all the stuff, you know totally what I mean? Different. Heathcliff, that's different. <laughs> Michael Jordan right and I'm not gonna lie like for a second it took me like huh but like I get it I get it and when I get stressed um I won't tell y'all who my family is when I'm particularly stressed um Derek Morgan Penelope Garcia David Hotchner y'all know who those people that is um criminal minds (laughs) I call them my family Y'all, um, I love it. JJ, you know what I mean? Rossi, that's my family. And when I, when the world feels crazy out here, I will go and I will watch me some episodes of Criminal Minds to be with my family. Um, that's an external support, you know, embedded in that as well as spirituality. And just so I, I wanted to say that because I think some of us have been conditioned out of some of the comforts that we once had, which was connection to people who helped us feel seen or understood or provided us some form of comfort during the challenging times, oftentimes of our childhood or youth. So thank you for sharing that. So when did you start performing? Gosh, you know, I mean, as a product of who I was in the, in the function in my family, I was performing from a very early age. (laughs) I was always trying to, you know, get, get certain outcomes, um, you know, know, and, and, uh, and so, you know, but, but in terms of actually performing, you know, the first time I got on stage was, um, gosh, I don't even remember when the first time I got on stage was, but I'll tell you one that was really memorable was, uh, I had, I had been, well, I've got several stories arguing in my brain that they're the one that wants to come forward. <laughs> uh, no, but this is what I'll tell you. I, 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 there's a, a, a coffee shop in Minneapolis called the hard times cafe. And I had written 
um, some songs that that were, um, you know, I had I hadn't really played a lot out. I had been played from friends and people, you know, liked it, but I hadn't really performed before. And so I went to or I hadn't performed a lot before. I didn't really know myself as a performer. You know, I didn't know um, who I was in, in front of an audience. And uh, and 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 so, of course, I, I went to this open mic that was at the Hard Times Cafe and I got up there and and um, I, I played a few songs and people I mean, a couple songs was what we were all supposed to play, you know, artists. And I guess the list was kind of short for the number of artists that had showed up that night, but they kept asking me for another one and another one and another one. And it, it to me felt crazy, right? Because I was like, really? I mean, certainly there's somebody else that needs to go now, right? You know, it's like, but there is something that happens. Um, I get so much joy, LaShonda, when I, when I stand up in front of an audience and play there is something bigger than me that feels like it is here. It is like, it's joyful. It's life. It's life giving. It's this thing that is, um, you know, uh, like I look out into the audience and all of a sudden I remember like everyone is so beautiful. Like they're every single person here has so much going on, you know what I mean? And, and it's just, so cool to be able to see that it's not it's like it's powerful feeling and and it feels not about me it's not about me at all it's about like like i've always felt this way that you know and i think in part because i've i've you know in at first i think it was a little codependent you know i mean it's like you know make it okay for me to be on stage like me like me like me like me like me like me you know what i mean you know but 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 it actually more more than ever as i'm as i'm growing and learning and and you know i realize like actually the the audience is the band you know we are co-creating you know it's not just about me performing it's about the connection the human connection and it, and it i just happen to be the one that gets to do it right now you know that gets to be the the one that that is helping to facilitate that but it's just facilitation i really as a facilitator of space I really appreciate your frame of performance as facilitation and the co-creation that takes place um I I really appreciate that and as you were talking it felt extremely resonant like um some of the times when I am the most what I might say dialed in is when I am no longer thinking about me um, and I get to a point where I forget about me. And what that means for me has meant I am not, there's not a single thought about, is my hair looking okay? How do I look in this outfit? Like none of that matters. And, And there is this synergy between those that I'm co-creating space with and I'm sharing space with and and I so I really really appreciate that I also you made me consider what you said caused me to consider um my I don't know something I'm I'm gonna name and then leave space to explore is how often I am aware of other ways that I can show up in community with folks, being a bearer of gifts, 
but how quickly I can get into my head and not do that. And so as you were talking, I was thinking about my relationship with music. Um, I don't play an instrument, um, but I do sing. But how that has, except for a few occasions of karaoke, um, and when it has been in a collective during worship, made its way into the public sphere and how much fear I feel around, feel around that. Now ask me to speak. I am never going to not be prepared to speak. <laughs> it's just a thing like ever. I, I, I am always prepared to use my voice in that way. But using my voice in song feels absolutely terrifying in a public way. And there is all of these things around like, wanting to sound, wanting other people to think I sound good that prevents me from even thinking about that I'll talk my way out of anything but the thought of song is this whole other thing does that feel resonant oh yeah you know it, what immediately came to mind was that it's like mission you know what is my mission so off the stage on the stage you know, on the stage, I, I, I initially, when I got started and Terry has been a huge part of this. I mean, you know, it's like really getting down to the roots. What are you doing this for? You know, how, how can you remind yourself? Because what you're talking about it, you know, you experience it on state. I experience it on stage, you know, um, you know, wanting people to like me, wanting to impress, want, you know, wanting to look good, um, wanting to be a certain way that I have in my mind, you know what I mean? Um, be perceived a certain way. Um, and those are all immature, like immature, kind of not really like those are all defenses, right? I, I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be, you know, shut out of the community. And so, um, but what I don't want those, those um, parts of me to be driving the bus, you know, I, I want something more uh, connected, more grounded, more, uh, a part of why I'm doing what I'm doing to be driving the bus. And so, you know, Terry and I kind of, we worked out, came up with this idea that you can come up with a, a, an idea or a mission that, that, that connects you to the thing that you want to do. So for a long time, it's been, um, you know, to open people's hearts, you know, I'm, I'm here to open people's hearts and, and the biggest job in order to do that, I never tell people that I'm here to open their heart. <laughs> you know, is that's like kind of invasive. I mean, that's, you know, um, but I have to open my own heart because my own heart is tight. My own, I am super defended. Like I, I have a hard time really touching, you know, the imperfect human being that I am and, um, and being, you know, willing to, to be all I am, you know, imperfectly and, um, and show up in that way. And, now it's kind of evolved and I'm, and I now see myself as, um, wanting to be undefended in front of people, you know, just be undefended That's and, beautiful. And, you know, still full, you know, still fully like holy here. And, um, but just, you know, still boundaried. <laughs> yeah. I, I so, okay, let me put a pin in what I was going to say before, because I want to, yes, undefended doesn't have to be unboundaried. I love that you were able to say that because I, I can imagine some people saying that even as I listened to my body, as you first said it, that felt terrifying, right? But it doesn't mean unboundaried, 
but undefended in front of other people. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Thank you. And what I thought was when I am talking, right, I was able to narrow down my mission to two statements. And I was able to do this last year. One, I leave people in places better than I find them. And two, um, I help people be human with other people, human with other humans. And one way in which I do that is I am human with other humans. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when I am, when I'm using my voice in speaking, I very rarely, and this isn't just um, in front of large crowds or on the pocket or anything. When I'm one-on-one, I am not self-conscious about how it will be received. It is, um, yeah, it's just, it's an offering for me and, and, and it, from me, my, my, my humanity. And so I don't calculate how is this going to sound or I just speak. And I thought, I wonder what it would be like if when that part of me comes out in song that I also didn't concern myself with what it sounded like or because I don't think, oh, how are people going to hear this? I, I endeavor to be authentic, kind and loving, knowing that sometimes that love will sting. I'm not intending to sting, right? But, you know, mm-hmm. water can sting if you get a cut. Like, like, so, but there is something emerging for me as we're having this conversation that is in some ways giving me the courage to be open. So mission accomplished, Ellis, <laughs> you're opening my heart to this notion of my singing voice um, having more space because ultimately one thing I will say is that gifts are for the recipient. So I know that the gifts I possess, they're not for me. I benefit from so many other people's gifts, right? Mm -hmm. That the gifts I possess are for the giving and how many people are not Mm -hmm. receiving what they need from me because I am blocking a part of the gift that is intended for them. Right now, let's make no mistakes. I don't, this has, I, I'm not, I, I'm not recording no album. (laughs) I'm not, that, that's not what it is, but just how many times I sporadically want to break out in song and I'm just like, and if I'm by myself, oh, please believe I'm going, okay? <laughs> totally. Power, car, walking by myself. I have, I have caught myself thinking I was alone, not being alone. And then people's responses, it's just a look of like, where did that come from? Or my favorite, you didn't tell me, tell you what, <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. So thank you. You know what I mean? I, I'm gonna put it in the crock pot. It's going to simmer some more, but, but there is this space of permission that you, um, inherently bring to life that I, I really, I really appreciate. Gosh, I hope so. LaShonda. And thank you. You know, I thank you for all that you're offering too. I mean, I think that's why I'm so excited to be here on your podcast because I love how I feel inspired by how uh, you're you're doing it. You know, you're putting stuff out so that it can be received. You know, and and I think so much of my own process is that you know desire to say yes to what is needed. 
you know, and, and the thing that's needed is the thing that, you know, uh, feels the most alive. Like when you were talking and I was feeling, I was feeling so much warmth in my heart and it was like, Oh, you know, like, you know, stepping out, excuse me. And Oh my gosh, like that's the thing that is, that, that is, 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 um, abundant, you know, like there's more of that, you know, available to all of us. I think I make up that, 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 you know, that, that we have that going on as well, you know, as, um, you know, I, I guess I just want to say, I don't know what I'm saying, (laughs) but I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's beautiful. More please. (laughs) So this next thing I'm about to say happened right before I came up here to do this recording with you. And it, it's still like warming my heart. And I was trying to put it aside because it feels so not relevant to what we're talking about. But I also know that to be a myth and illusion. It is totally related. So I'm going to share this experience that I had and see where it leads us, right? Um, and in this, like, as I'm talking about this, there are a lot of, there is the, the pure humanity aspect of it, but I'm going to layer on the identities in which I experienced this because it adds the definite context that really was impactful for me. So my office, my home office is in the front of my house. I look out my window, I'm on a cul-de-sac and I see all the happenings in the cul-de-sac. And I have a couple of neighbors, um, who are getting pools put in their backyards. And so it's a lot of hustle and bustle in the cul-de-sac right now. I am also, my husband and I, my fam, well, I can't speak for my kids yet, but my husband and I are hashtag no maintenance. Like, you know, some people want low maintenance. We want no maintenance living for a lot of things. So what that means is who is about to mulch and plant stuff every year? Not us. So our landscaper (laughs) is here (laughs) giving us a rock garden. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. A rock no. Why? Uh, because that, rock stars. Because you're yeah, rock stars. Because we are rock stars. <laughs> rock and it's done. Like, right? Done, right? <laughs> so um, our landscaper is here. He's doing that. And I sit pretty much every day during the week and watch the happenings of the cul-de-sac. And I don't know what's happening in the backyard. I only see what trucks arrive and the people who get in and out of them. Okay. So now there's like some cement trucks. It's a lot going on. And the people I normally see are white men, white, white identifying or white looking men, white appearing men um, who look very construction, you know, boots, you know, tank top, whatever, doing mm-hmm. their thing. So one thing that I noticed today is I noticed um, a black guy and I was like, hmm, interesting. I noted that, but then I noticed a few more. So whatever stage of pooling they're doing. I think it could be additional contract, whatever the whole thing is. So that struck me, right? Mm-hmm. And so I see him, he walks away from the house that's getting the pool. And then I don't see him anymore. Mind of my business, blah, 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 blah. He comes back. And as he's walking back towards the house that the pool is in, he's carrying grocery bags. And I see in there that there's like Gatorades inside of that. And so, you know, he walks, makes sense. It mm-hmm. has been extremely hot here, but today is a very pleasant day. Mm -hmm. I'm on, you know, keep minding my business. And then I see that same guy walking across my lawn, coming towards my house. And he has a Gatorade bottle in his hand and he gives it to my landscaper. And I was already running a couple of minutes late 
to start our recording, (laughs) but I could not, like, I was just so touched by, they don't know each other. I did not witness them communicate to each other at all. Maybe there was a head nod of acknowledgement, but like the fact that one person went to get something of substance to make the job comfortable or these things, right? Came back and included a person who was not at all connected to him, right? And so one, I think there is this ongoing um, myth about Black men um, in our culture that, that, that feeds this narrative of selfishness and brute. I mean, it's an, it's an ongoing myth and, and trope from so long. But to watch that level of connection and community care amongst Black men struck me so much like I am just observing from my window but I had to go out in the front and was like that is so dope (laughs) you know like that is amazing and like oh right you know what struck me when you when you when you no no I'm sorry Mm -mm, go (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like oh my god I had the opposite when you were telling me that 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 you know that the the black worker like brought over Gatorade, you know, I was like, Oh my God, that is the thing that white culture, that, 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 that white supremacy, like that it, 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 like it, we're, it, we're missing out on community. We're missing out on, on, on so, so much, um, uh, uh, care and connection and, 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 and like, I just think, Oh my God, you know, um, of course, this this person would be willing to able to look outside of themselves and see need and meet it like that. Like it's you know it's you have to be willing to see yourself in relationship. You know, and and I think there's the rugged individual, right? Is the is the system we're in, right? To try and be this you know winner, to be the the one, you know that. And I God, I mean that is just like. That is some serious, intense massage work or something. I don't know, like a, uh, you know, uh, 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 taking uh, deconditioning or something. But I really, I love that. I mean, that is what we need more of. In wasn't the- it amazing? Oh my God! Yes. And to your point, um, it was the capacity for one person, one human, to not have tunnel vision but to notice other humans around them yes. and, and, and not just notice enough to speak or to have a pleasant exchange, but to recognize the potential for need, mm-hmm. right? It's not even like he confirmed, oh, he's thirsty or he needs, but it's, as I am going to meet a need of a collective that I'm a part of, I will also include you. And, and, and my landscaper had the option to accept or decline to drink or not, mm, but yeah. it was just the, the thought of being considered 
right? And again, this is not to say, listen, my landscaper's not here every day. Maybe it would have happened with anyone else. But the fact that one, I live in a, a, a mostly white suburb. So this also is like a, just a stark representation to see this many black people on my block at one time <laughs> is like a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of yeah. want like want to throw a party. Like yeah. we here, right? Yeah. But to witness that was so amazing. And I I just I want to share it one because you know, I was like, oh, maybe I'll talk about it on Therapy Thursday, but I got something else I want to talk about on Therapy Thursday. So you know what? We're gonna talk about it right now. But that that is being human with other humans. What I also want to say is like my response to it, I I'm sharing less about the incident itself and I'm sharing how I was moved by the incident Mm. because what it inspired me to do is open my eyes see someone else look around and notice as I am doing a thing for myself or my family or people I'm connected to, are there others that are around that can also benefit? Maybe that's words of encouragement. Maybe it's smile. Maybe it's a song, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a Gatorade. But I was so moved that 40 minutes into this, my body kept giving this to me like, come on, give this, right? So I also want to let this be hopefully encouragement from somebody like you know that thing that you're like oh this is on the top of my mind or this is on my heart or tip of my tongue however you envision it wherever you feel it in your body we don't have to put pressure on ourselves to know how something's going to land that that's a message for me y'all will probably benefit too but that was so for me I cannot control nor am I responsible for trying to predict the future about how things will be received just give and give divorced from outcome give and if he had to say hey I'm good bro thank you don't be offended right but I can give of the gifts that I have and take the pressure off of trying to be sure about how people are going to receive it or receive it at all. That's not my part. My part is just to give. And like, I just feel so inspired by witnessing that act that like, I want to make sure that that, that becomes a part of my, of my existence. Hell yeah. Yes. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. You said it and it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, do we need to edit that out? But I said it from from my you know whole self like oh my gosh yes, and there's so many things like performance wise like I've I have you know so many examples of 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 performance stories that I've made up in my head about someone in the audience and then have been totally wrong, you know and and it's absolutely play to the people who are listening but also play knowing that people receive in different ways. So, you know, offering, you know, without expectation of getting something in particular back or even needing anything back, you know, don't assume you're not actually giving something that's been received, you know, because it's like, we don't know. We don't know. Word, like, word, like, (laughs) word, period. That's, 
that's so good. Like I, I, I got nothing else to say that that improves upon that point. I man. So Ellis, is there anything that I did not ask? Is there any message that you have for the listeners that we haven't had an opportunity to touch on? Oh gosh, that's a really great question. I mean, you say it all the time, you know, it's like, you know, you know, you're the one like you, the listener, you, the person, I, me, Ellis, I'm the one who can be here for me. You know, I'm the one who can love me the best, you know? And so it's like cherish and, 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 and there are parts of me that don't want to cherish you know, and so how can I care about those parts to know, like Resma Minicum says, like, you know, um, uh, protective, not defective. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, Ellis, I have thoroughly um, enjoyed our time together. Like, it's one of those things where I say this all the time, like, I mean, I guess somebody else to get something because this was for me <laughs> like you know this was one of those episodes that I'm like oh I something I can physically feel something shifting within me as I open up to the possibility of my voice being used in a different way and for that I have immense gratitude for just your lovely human self that showed up in this space um, that massaged my heart open without prying it open and it's 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 been amazing I thank you oh gosh thank you for having me and I just I appreciate you and all you're doing yes listen y'all um I am currently, though you can't see me wearing my being human with other humans tank top. Um, But I do want to let you know that um, of the new shirts we have, we do have a new one that simply says, what's your labor of love? So if you um, are tuning in for the first time, or if you are one of my adored um, faithful listeners, if you want to represent uh, the Labors of Love podcast, head over to my website shop and you will have access to all of my shirts and you know you can get tank tops and buttons and mugs and all that stuff but we do have a labors of love podcast specific shirt what's your labor of love and i am extremely excited about that um i want to give a shout out to trey angel who provides all the music for the labors of love podcast not only does jay suck from instant classic media produce my podcast but he is my t-shirt developer so shout out to him um i want to remind you that we are on all the major social media outlets and if you want to reach me, if you have content or guest suggestions, you can reach me at www.thelaborsoflove.com. If you have not already, take a pause right now and give us that five-star rating, write a review and share the podcast with your loved ones and your friends. Until we connect again, you all be well. Be well.